I know. She looks back down at her notebook and continues to work. She does this at least once a week. This is her normal, and by extension, ours. I swallow hard and turn away, reminded that returners are still considered unstable, even if the purpose of sending them to the program in the first place was to make them stable. I'd ask to copy your notes, Nathan says in his scratchy voice from the desk behind me, but you're obviously going to fail this test. I turn my face toward him, keeping my eyes on the floor so as not to draw attention from our teacher. Bet my F will be higher than your F, I say. Nathan laughs, low in his throat. No fucking way, he says. I'll take that bet. Done, I say, and look toward the front. I'm almost ready to write down a line or two from Shakespeare's sonnet number 30. I get as far as picking up my pencil before the classroom door opens. There's a flash of white fabric, and I immediately imagine crisp white jackets and blank expressions. I imagine silence and dripping fear— Although handlers have been out of our lives for months, I still have nightmares about them, and so I hold my breath until my eyes can adjust. A guy steps into class wearing the same stupid clothing most of the returners do, a stiff button-down shirt, khaki pants, belt, like he's on his way to become our new math teacher. Most returners have had their clothing replaced, and it takes a while for them to figure out their style again. And maybe it's because of that, or maybe I don't recognize his newly buzzed hair, but Nathan reacts to his presence before I do. He's back, Nathan murmurs, putting his hand on my shoulder, but I feel a million miles outside of my body, and his touch is just a breeze past my soul. My pencil falls from between my fingers and drops to the floor before rolling under my desk. I stare at the guy in the front of the classroom, my mouth agape, my heart racing. Guilt smacks me, scolding me for not recognizing him immediately. Several students look in my direction, anticipating a reaction. They're curious, maybe. Horrified? Wonderful, the teacher says, barely hiding her annoyance. I see they still aren't worried about class size. She pauses. Welcome back, Weston she adds, softening her voice. There's one last seat. Miss Soto motions toward an empty desk near the front. Wes watches her for a moment like he's trying to figure out if he knows her, but then he turns and starts down the aisle. He sits two rows away from me. After a moment of silence, Miss Soto goes back to teaching and the other students go back to pretending to learn. Nathan's hand is still on my shoulder, attempting comfort, but I lean forward and out of his reach. I stare at the back of Wes's head, willing him to see me, begging him to turn around. As if he can sense me, Weston puts his chin on his shoulder and covertly turns. When he finds me, when his dark eyes lock on mine, tears I didn't know had welled up spill onto my cheeks. And I smile. Weston Ambrose is the love of my life, and I don't mean the like. I don't mean the obsession. We were together for two years, until the day men in white coats showed up at his kitchen door. Although handlers would occasionally take people from school, it was more common for them to come straight to the house. Most patients were turned in by someone they knew, turned in by their parents.
Of course, parents didn't know the truth of what was happening in the program, the lasting effect it would have, the paranoia that became the curse rather than the cure to an epidemic. Wes's parents turned him in. The handlers arrived and pulled Wes from his home as I fought, holding on to his shirt until it tore at the collar, until a handler physically removed me from the house. And when Wes was gone, stolen away, his mother came and sat next to me on the curb. It was the first time I cried in public, the only time until now. Mrs. Ambrose held me tightly, let me sob into the shoulder of her blouse, and when I was done, she kissed the top of my head and told me never to come back. Fair or not, she blamed me for her son's condition. She called them. She called the program on her son. I'll never forgive her for that.